Megan, let me see what you have. A knife! No! Welcome to the accidental Halloween spooktacular episode of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the end of October 2019, and we'll be discussing some spooky comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my limbo-ner... Eddie! Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes, or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. It's positively terrifying how much we love talking and posting about the X-Men, so you should come join in the fun! No tricks, just treats! And by treats, I mean our glowing personalities. Our glowing spooky personalities. And speaking of spooky, boo. Boobs. See what I did there? Did that scare up something in your pants? Are you actually trying to answer right now? Because I can't actually fucking hear you. You're talking out loud to no one right now. Or maybe you're talking to a horny fucking ghost. Look out! There's your explicit content warning. Yay. <laughs> so. So. Third time's the charm, right? What are you talking about? What? What this are you? This is the third time we're recording this episode. I have never met you in my life. What are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> so if this one doesn't work, I'm <laughs> Why filing would you say for that? divorce. Why would you say something like that? Your third marriage is the charm, Patty? <laughs> you never told me about your two previous husbands. Yeah, their names are, uh... Oh, God. Jamie Madrox. What? And, uh, Wolverpine. Uh, uh. Oh, I'm mad about that, but we'll get back, We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, so, uh, so this is the third time we're recording this. It turns out that I, uh, got a defective microphone. The first time we used it, the recording was shit, and that's why we missed an episode in, uh, what was it? Uh, September? Yeah. I think, right? Oh, no, it was the beginning of October. That's why we missed one at the beginning of October. Um, but then I, I fucked around with it a little bit more and it seemed to work. So then we recorded a regular mid-October episode and it worked fine. No fucking problem. Well, almost no problems, but I figured, okay, we'll just have to get used to it or whatever. And then we recorded this episode and again, it was nothing but problems. And so I troubleshooted a bunch of stuff with one of the guys at Geekade, uh, Dean. Shout outs to Dean, who has never listened to Shout an episode. Shout outs to the best lord. <laughs> who has never listened to an episode. Best, best. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, we, we were just troubleshooting for a few hours. He was helping me out a lot. I really appreciate all that help. But he basically concluded that no matter what, something is fucking wrong with the microphone. Um, it was a defective one and I should send it back, which I still have to do. But I wanted to make sure that I got a new one, a new working one, and that we could get through a, a good recording with a new one before I do anything with that defective one. So <clears throat> I messed around with this one, went over some stuff with Dean. Everything seems like it should work fine now. Hopefully you are hearing this. If there are more people than just me and Patty hearing this, we have succeeded Yay. and we can fucking get back to normal. So, so there you go. But bringing it back to the Wolverpine, <laughs> I was so upset. So years ago, I came up with that. I came up with Wolverpine, just some stupid, sexy, fucking weird Wolverine, and I texted it to Patty. And yeah, occasionally I still bring it up, Wolverpine, whatever. There's even a, a picture of me that nobody else will ever see of me in a really shitty, like, Party City Wolverine costume at my old job DJing kids' parties because they wanted, they wanted somebody in a Wolverine costume there. And I actually volunteered because, yeah, I'm an X-Men fan. I'm like, I'll fucking do it. I'll even do the voice. So I did it. And I was like, you can call me DJ Wolverpine. To social media, not to the children. I didn't say that to the children. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we just finished uh, season three of Big Mouth. 
And uh, there was this awesome episode that was basically like a superhero episode. Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> not crazy about how they ended the season, though. No. And not crazy that I'm going to have to wait like another fucking, fucking year. year. Yeah. And it always comes out when we're at Comic-Con, too. So oh, right. everybody else watches it before us. And I get texts from my friends like, oh, have you seen the new season yet? And I'm like, no. I have no Karen you're the big mouth now <laughs> I'm like no I have bigger priorities right now uh fuck off Brittany never listens to the show good Brittany's a bitch and not the good kind of Brittany bitch she a bad Brittany bitch and not the good kind of bad Brittany bitch <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm, I mean you know it ended on a cliffhanger so it's like oh what's gonna happen but yeah you gotta wait a fucking year to see more but regardless that's that's not my biggest gripe it's that the superhero episode was amazing, and they literally spoofed, like, a couple of X-Men characters in there. But the fucking hormone monster, they literally called him Wolverpeen. Yeah. He literally, it came up on the screen, Wolverpeen. He had fucking dicks instead of claws, <laughs> which is exactly what Wolverpeen is. So I'm wondering how fucking Nick Kroll, like, hacked into my fucking old phone and saw my text message to Patty and stole my idea. <laughs> no, that's a joke. I don't think he did that. I think great minds think alike. So somebody get me a writing job out there. Nick Roll, if you're listening, hire me, okay? <laughs> yeah, that show is fantastic. Um, it's really messed up, though. I'm also... So messed up. Oh, my God. I'm also watching uh, BoJack Horseman on my own, and uh, I just started season four, I think. Todd was just informed that he was asexual, and he was like, whoa, what does that mean? Why did you call me that? And then... I was like, oh my god, is he really ace? I'm like so excited. I, I, I screamed and then I posted on Facebook and uh, people confirmed that yes, it's true. Spoilers. <laughs> so for some reason, those shows, BoJack Horseman, Big Mouth, and Rick and Morty, they have like such a weird, I don't know how to say it, but there are people who think that they're like, anybody who likes those shows is like stupid really? and like not like. Well, I mean, intellectual well, but like okay <laughs> they're comedies and really if you're gonna judge somebody for wanting to laugh like i don't know go masturbate to donnie darko like get over yourself don't fuck every <laughs> listen i swear to god every time you mention donnie darko i feel like it's a fucking direct jab at me and just for saying that i'm going to send you pictures later of me masturbating to donnie darko <laughs> all right anyway uh no, but but I, I see exactly where you're coming from, and, and I agree. Like, there are, sh sure, there are, like, high art comedies or whatever, but that's not, you know, it doesn't mean that, like, you're dumb or whatever just because you like a dumb comedy. Like, fucking, I, I don't consider myself dumb. I'm no fucking genius, obviously, but I don't consider myself dumb. But I love, like, the old Kevin Smith movies. You know what I mean? Those are James fantastic. And that's almost nothing but fucking toilet humor. Like, I don't see how that's m much different than the examples that you brought up. But... I, I don't I haven't really seen too much shit over um, Big Mouth other than a couple of tweets about th their definitions uh, of pansexual and bisexual. No, that that was uh, it was really poorly constructed. They should have done more research or asked more people about it because it was pretty Wrong. offensive. OK, and, and really, they, they, that show doesn't need that because that show is like <laughs> it's right on the line of being too much a lot of the time. You know what I mean? But but fucking I mean, Chris Evans fucking tweeted about rick and morty okay captain america is is looking forward to rick and morty you cannot talk shit about that show unless you're like martin scorsese 
who is clearly just a bad person Fuck him. for talking shit about fucking Marvel movies. So, so getting back to uh, to spooky, this, spooky town. This episode, spooky yeah, time. We have we uh, we are going to talk about this uh, quest for magic if it kills us <clears throat> again. Yes, that's right. And we will never have to mention these comic books again in our lives. We better not. So this is the uh, dream team, uh, <laughs> circa two thousand seven. Yes, better time. <laughs> what? It was a better time in America. Yeah. Better uh, time was in a, America. Yeah. And we had George W. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> what can I say? Look how high art you are. <laughs> you little dickens. <laughs> Don't call me a dick. Uh, so we had uh, Craig Kyle, Chris uh-huh. Yost, and yeah. Scotty Young. Yeah. Like, honestly, one of uh, my favorite comic book teams. Really wish that Craig Kyle, Chris Yost, whichever, both of them, whatever, stop doing the movie <laughs> bullshit, get back to comic books, where the real fans are, because they wrote some of the best comics of that decade. I feel like when they work together, it's just fucking gold. Don't we don't have to have a quest for magic. This is the magic. The three of them together. <laughs> I don't know if I've read anything uh, that either uh, Kyle or Yost did on their own. Um, I feel like the only things I've read, they've done together, and I've loved all of them. Yeah. So Quest for Magic was a story arc throughout New X-Men Volume 2. came out in 2007. We had Craig Kyle, Chris Yost, and Scotty Young. And we had some amazing flashback art by Nico Henrichen. Uh, But the story basically starts out as, like, this spooky setup. You have a bunch of the students, and Rockslide is, tell- is telling this bullshit story. I sent Apocalypse and his horsemen running, told Xavier to go to hell, scored with Lady Mastermind, and it's hilarious. So you, a couple of guys call him out on his bullshit. I think it was just, was it just anal? Because fucking Wolf Cub was like buying into it. But anyway, Pixie makes this uh, genius move of asking Blindfold if she has a story to tell. Like, why would you ask the cryptic weird girl? I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. I, lo- I love Blindfold. But it's kind of funny that Pixie is the one to ask Blindfold if she has a story to tell, considering what happens. But it is a very spooky story. We get this beautiful flashback art, all these fancy pages, and Ruth just literally tells the story of Ilyana. And it's a very cryptic way. It's what happened in her miniseries. uh, And Ruth is telling it to all them in this dark room that's lit only by the fireplace. So it's not just the, the pencils and inks that are great, but it's the colors too. Just it's so convincing that they're in this dimly lit room and the juxtaposition of the art this like scotty young is very stylized and then nico henrichen is just sort of like very over the top fancy and fucking oyana just looks so beautiful and glorious yeah there. his his art reminds me of like castlevania kind of like cover art or something I- yeah it's it's just beautiful <clears throat> all of it and going from scotty young to to uh henrichen it's just really cool. I would love to see a whole book like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, same. Yeah, and I I like, you know, this the style that Scotty Young had back then. Um I haven't followed his work over the years, obviously. I mean, I'm sure everybody out there, whether you read other stuff that he does or not, has seen like his covers. We all know that there's like, you know, sort of like the baby covers and they're funny and they're cute and they're great, but like this sort of art is really fucking dope, and it's it's just crazy looking back on on this time when I was reading this, and I'm like, oh my god, this was almost universally amazing. I only had a, a couple of small gripes with it, but anyway, so you get to the part in the story that Ruth is telling where Ilyana died, and then House of M. You see Ilyana there, and Pixie is like, so if Colossus's sister is in the story, is Cyclops because that'd be the best. That'd be the best, Patty. 
Pixie knows that a story with Cyclops is the best story. Uh huh. It is. Pixie is the best story. Quest for Cyclops. That's what we quest need. Quest for Pixie. We need the quest for Cyclops. Quest for Pixie Sticks. <laughs> what? I love Pixie Sticks. <laughs> They're just sugar. My mom told me that and it blew my mind. She's like, it's <laughs> just sugar that's dyed different colors. And I was like, what are you talking about, mom? You didn't know that? No. You know that's basically what cotton candy is too, right? What? <laughs> no, I knew that. I got the inside knowledge from that job I had for years when I wanted to kill myself. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've been there. <laughs> but we didn't have cotton candy, so. <laughs> we did. Cotton candy didn't make that job any better. Uh, anyway, all right. So Wolf Cub goes, who is this Ilyana again? And Rock Slide's like, who's Colossus? And Anal and Match are like, wait, this is this is real. This really happened. You're talking about Ilyana and Belasco. I, I read about them in the X Men's files. Yeah, they should all be doing that as part of like their history class, and they should actually be paying attention in class. Yeah, but they made instead of doing whatever the fuck they're doing, they made Wolf Cub kind of dumb. And like, all right, whatever. He was just a background character. He w- like when he was written in Young X Men, he wasn't actually that dumb. He was a great character. And then fucking Mark Guggenheim decided to kill him, and I will fucking never forgive that man for that. But Rockslide is dumb. Rockslide, they told him to go read the files. He literally just asked, "Who's Colossus?" <laughs> I feel like and and. Rockslide is the only one that's actually like an X-Man. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the only one out of all of them who's training to be an X-Man. Rockslide's the fucking best. He had some of the best lines in this entire fucking story. But yeah, Ruth continues that Belasco is trying to get back into limbo and find magic. That he saw House of M happen and saw Ilyana for a brief moment, but it's not Ilyana in limbo, it's Amanda Sefton. She's fallen to Earth now because Belasco kicked her out and he smells Ilyana in the mansion. And Blindfold says the Demon Lord is coming for us. And he tore through armies of demons to take back Limbo and find Ilyana. Everybody's freaking out. And Blindfold is is like, I'm sorry for your loss, Megan. And then, boom, the floor crumbles. Don't ask Ruth for any more stories. Yeah, the question is, if they didn't ask Ruth if she had a story, would any of this have happened? Of course it would have happened. They just wouldn't have been ready for it. They still weren't ready for it. The floor literally fell underneath them. <laughs> Well, I I don't know. I didn't know that Ruth's power extends to floors. I mean, maybe it doesn't. Or she would have said, excuse me, yes, the floor is about to fall out. Her power doesn't cover floors, okay? Don't well, be... Well, she should have said that before she started her story about Ileana. ableist. Oh, okay, my God. Okay, Patty? <laughs> but anyway, yes, this was just a setup issue. It was a prelude, so it was just setting it all up. But it's kind of important to everything that happens afterwards. Just everything about this struck me, how the colors were so good. Again, of them sitting there with the fireplace, there's... I think one panel where the it looks like the fireplace is out, even though it isn't. And they're all just there in the dark, but you can see, like, their outlines. And again, Nico Hen- Henrichen's art. There was uh, uh, an image I posted of, of his recently. It was a Wizard of Oz X-Men crossover, and it was just really good. But anyway, it was a great setup issue. We got to see how Belasco came back, what Belasco wants. He wants Ilyana. We all know that Ilyana is still gone at this point. But the issue set the mood for the story, even though a lot of it was recap. This wasn't like a Claremont recap. This was like a fun sort of recap. Like I felt somebody was telling me a story, even though I knew all the information, as opposed to, you know, the X-Men aren't aware of Chris Claremont's fucking dialogue boxes that are filling us in on what Rogue's powers are for the 20th time. And I I don't say that with too much malice because he's fucking great, but I feel like this was more effective. Yeah, no, I agree, and especially since this was a book of the kids, I mean, it was probably also aimed at kids, and, you know, there's no way that, 
I mean, maybe, um, but there's there's no way that kids or new readers or anything would know, you know, like 40 years of X-Men history. Sure, sure. So that's what I'm saying, that, that that kind of thing is helpful. And just the way that they went about it was interesting. Yeah, no, I guess it gave you everything that you needed to know. Like if this was like your first X-Men book, uh, which still would have been a weird fucking place to come in. But still, you knew Rockslide was dumb. You knew that these people that, that Ruth was talking about were real because Anal said it. And then you got all the history that you needed to know, basically. And then, you know, you got the floor falling out. So you also know that the X-Men are cheap. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so then in new uh, X-Men 38, this is where the story like officially starts. So, so what happened, I think it was in the last issue, but it came back in this issue. In 37, Elixir had this moment where... He seemed to snap out. First of all, he snapped out of murdering uh, William Stryker, and he stayed, like, dark for however many issues. But in New X-Men 37, he had the Cuckoos help him get all of this medical information from Beast's head, so he decided to fix David's vision. And that is something in the business we call foreshadowing, which, if you didn't know, means that it's going to be important later. It's going to come back. It means remember that. Remember your foreskin, kids. (laughs) Remember to wash your foreskin. Remember to wash your foreskin. Listen, it's very important. It's re- for okay. Listen, it's really no big deal. It only takes you a few seconds. You know, just you just peel it back. You like know? an onion. Okay, you don't peel it like an onion. You don't peel it like an. How have you? What? What? Is that? Is that what? What? <laughs> so David not having to use glasses is going to come back. Don't forget that, kids. Yeah, that was the point I'm trying to make. It's not that Elixir has all this medical knowledge now. It's that David doesn't need his glasses anymore. Right. Right. Remember that. Everybody remember that. David doesn't need his glasses. You see that fool with his glasses on, he's fucking with you. Don't take that shit from David. (laughs) Did you know that if you want to be a sniper? Well, this is what my dad told me, that you have to have 20-20 vision without corrective aids. So I would never be able to be a sniper because I need glasses. Would you want to be a sniper? I thought about it. You could snipe out all that foreskin you hate so much. <laughs> Instead of peeling it like an onion, just shoot that shit off from a distance. You don't even got to come close. You know what I mean? I was, You'd be great for brisses. <laughs> I was really good at... Get your briss on. <laughs> I was really good at sniping in a you know, video game. Uh, basically, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. No, I, I, I am uh, I'm anti-circumcision. <laughs> We've 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 talked about circumcision. You have on the given show. the whole history of circumcision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patty is against circumcision, <laughs> regardless of what body parts you have. Well, you got to stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> There's the title of the episode. Anyway, oh, what was happening? Oh yeah, fucking David and his stupid glasses. All right. So anyway, you remember? <laughs> you remember David and his stupid foreskin? You remember? Uh, you remember when Surge and Hellion were a thing? You remember when those were characters at one time? When they were fictional Who? characters? <laughs> Who? Before they brought them into the real world? Sur- Surge and Hellion were uh, were important. Uh, they were? They were at one point, yeah. There it- was an Asian lead character in a book? <laughs> they should get Scarlett Johansson to play her. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, when you said they were a thing, I thought you meant like they were dating. And I was like, wait, what? I feel like all of these kids had crushes on each other at some point. Yes, they're kids. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so so when the floor 
when the floor gave out, Serge and Hellion were conveniently right outside the mansion, so we didn't really see much of these two stars of the book. And honestly, I'm not really complaining too much. I, I still love both of them. I love them even more at this time, but they got enough of a spotlight, and there were a lot of other students that were just, like, in the background, so this was a great opportunity to see some of them step forward. But, um, but yeah, so they're right outside the fucking guy in the Sentinel, Alexander Lexington, which sounds like a fucking porn name. I or, was thinking president name. We could have a porno president. But yeah, so, so they're, but they're all stuck out there. So Hellion, the first thing he does is he tries to get to the center of the explosion um, using his fucking telekinetic shield and just hits right into the fucking barrier and bounces off. And then, you know, we see fucking David, Dustin, Mercury. They're chained up in front of a bunch of demons. And again, like the colors are fucking amazing. There's all these gross, weird looking fucking comic-y demons the sky is like red orange and it's just crazy the cuckoos and no girl have these weird fucking helmets on you see indra ernst and onyx there and dust is like we are outside of allah's sight we are in hell and then belasco shows up so yeah ruth wasn't just telling a story she was was actually fucking happening and Laura immediately is like, Hope Abbott, you are an astral projector. Use your power, grow up to where the light is. And I just thought, like, like not that I'm complaining too much, but if, if they thought to put these fucking dampening helmets over fucking telepaths' heads, why not try to do something with the astral projector? You know what I mean? Who could also get out of there. Well, maybe they didn't know who she was. They weren't a fan. That's fucking rude. That's really rude. Uh, well, well, what was she going to do? Go ask for help from the X-Men? It's not like the X-Men cared about these kids. It's it's X-Men history that they don't care about the little kids. The kids do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> and then the X-Men are in Australia or whatever. <laughs> What's wrong with Australia? Uh, I hear it's lovely this time of year. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with Australia. I'm just saying, you know, um... And why can't the got, X-Men go got, there? The X-Men are kind of deadbeat parents. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You know that Jean Grey, that deadbeat mom? You know what? You're absolutely right. You know what? <laughs> I want a divorce. <laughs> oh, yeah, who's husband number four going to be? <laughs> Is it going to be David with his foreskin? Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, so, but anyway, so we cut to the other students that were in front of the fireplace. You know, they're overlooking Limbo, and Rockslide is like, Blindfold, I'm going to kick you in the junk if you don't shut up. Everything you say is bad. And a bunch of demons just start attacking them. And the fucking art is amazing, because a few of these, you know, like, even more D-list characters are getting, like, a little bit of a spotlight. Or at least their own panel. And just look dope. You have fucking Match. Looks great. Wolf Cub looks great slashing one of them, like, across the stomach or something. Loa, I mean, she uses her power by accident, but it still looks dope. And, like, a, a few times they turn to Rockslide, who's, you know, being trained as a new X-Man. But there's this moment where he says, Vic, Vic, what do I do? And Anal literally has to tell him to protect the blindfold as he's, like, on this demon's back trying to blend into it and give orders. So it's fucking awesome. And then Pixie uh, comes to blindfold side and sprays out her pixie dust, and Ruth goes, excuse me, what does the pixie dust make them see? And Megan goes, I have no idea, something awesome, I bet. And then you see it from the demon's perspective. They look, like, really, like, mystified. And Ruth is a teddy bear, and Megan is bubbles. And those those panels have just stuck out in my memory, like, since I first read this. I fucking love those panels. They're just yeah, absolutely perfect. Yeah, me too, they're perfect. so cute. Yeah, they're just such... 
a good demonstration of like what a good artist who knows how to contribute to the story, you know, like what he like how he knows what to do, how to make it entertaining and cute. Because it's not just the fact that like that concept, but if you go and look at those two panels, they're just absolutely perfect. I just absolutely love them. Um, Santo inadvertently explodes. Anal gets his his arm chopped off, so it seems like everybody's failing. And then all of a sudden, someone says the Dark Child is here. And then we cut back to Belasco asking David where Ilyana is. And he's like, she's dead. And Belasco thinks he's lying. So he rips David's heart out. And that's literally pretty, pretty fucking gruesome. He kept saying, you're not Ilyana, applying that, I guess, her being the dark child doesn't count. And that's not what he wants. So it was kind of weird how she appeared. It was because Belasco just like wanted her there so badly for some reason. Yeah. That she showed up out of out of death. Um, well, all of her like particles spread throughout the universe were like pulled together and fucking they were willed there. Okay, but she still, it was she, still a weird explanation. It was comic book logic, Patty. Please, okay. We can't we can't all be the most upstanding parents like Miss Jean Grey. Right, never goes to Australia because <laughs> apparently there's something wrong with Australia and Patty Land. <laughs> So they actually, uh, somebody asked this question at Comic-Con at the X-Men panel. Why, why Anole doesn't have the big arm anymore? What happens? And this is, this is where it happened that he got his arm ripped off and he grew another one that's bigger. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, so they basically said that they could come up with a comic book logic explanation, but, they forgot and so they drew him with a regular arm and then when they noticed it was too late and they're like so do we make two mistakes or do we just kind of ignore and hope that everybody forgot so i was wondering if that was the same thing that happened with pixie and i mean we'll talk about this later with her black hair yes because i don't think it was ever touched on unless i missed something she probably dyed it yeah i don't i don't remember offhand if it actually happened in a comic i'm sure somebody will point it out if it did but i just assume she dyed it well that's you doing comic book logic for them because they probably forgot well yeah and i'm gonna do it again right now are you ready does anal have a tail i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) well the correct answer i think yes no the correct answer is no but he has been drawn with a tail and not too long ago either maybe he's (laughs) just been hiding it this whole time you know like angel had like the binder for his wings now Uh i'm explaining now you're explaining yeah look at you editor-in-chief of the (laughs) x-men so i don't remember if this was in dragon ball or dragon ball z but Uh, either Gohan or Goku had a tail or whatever, and they had to hide it. So you didn't find out about it until later. I think that was Dragon Ball Z. So you didn't find out that he had a tail until later. Patty, it is pronounced Dragon Balls, right? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how you pronounce it. No, this was this was a great issue too. Sure, like everything looks really fucking dire and depressing and scary at the end. But first of all, like this this helps show off anal a little bit. You know, his uh, and his friend, his friendship with Santo really started here. I loved how you're getting more students outside of the core cast, like see them in battle. It wasn't too much, but still. And they're in a fucking terrifying situation. Like, what are you going to do? Like, not everybody is going to want to step forward and be like, yeah, I'm an X-Man. I'm going to be a hero. No. Loa disintegrated that one demon by accident. She was like turning away and screaming when she fucking did it. You know, and Pixie was terrified this entire time. But, like, you know that something bad is going to happen to her. You absolutely know. The most innocent one 
on the fucking team and had to ask if Ruth had a story to tell. Something bad is going to fucking Precious happen. Precious baby. Yeah. But anyway, so New X-Men 39 opens up with something that has sat wrong with me. When you open the first page, the first panel, you know, David's heart literally just got ripped out while everybody is watching. And Trance is in the back of the panel screaming, no, Laura just looks like fuck. And Elixir, the word balloon, is screaming David, but his face looks like grump pouty. Like, hum. <laughs> like, oh, his heart. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I, I Go I, look at it. I saw that too. It's basically... His face is basically the emoji colon slash. That's <laughs> basically the expression he's making. It doesn't really make sense, but... <laughs> yeah. No, but but then he turns he turns dark and kills the demon, and Laura fights back despite these fucking giant stone shackle things on her. Trance blasts off in her astral form towards that fucking light. And this, like, little touch in the next panel, I don't even remember the main action that was going on, but, like, off to the side, the demon holding Trance's unconscious body notices that it went lip, limp, and he's looking at it and goes, Herm? And I thought that that was hilarious. Again, like, these little touches add so fucking much. In a terrifying story where somebody just got his heart ripped out. But it doesn't matter that David got his heart ripped out. It doesn't matter. Because he doesn't need glasses anymore. <laughs> And he kept his foreskin, right? That's how that's the, story? the true that, victory. <laughs> no matter what Belasco did to him, Belasco <laughs> stole David's heart, but you can never steal his foreskin. <laughs> that's the lesson. Do you <laughs> think that, okay, I know the answer kind of, but do you think that Elixir would be able to put somebody's foreskin back on? Absolutely. Okay. But like when it first happens, yes. But what about when they're like a baby and now they're like 40? And they want their foreskin back. I <laughs> I feel like living that long without it, though, why would you want it back? For the sensation. <laughs> because it's not their choice when they get it removed. I, I really kind of want to interject and tell the story about myself, but I'm not going to. <laughs> not going to. Not going to even a little bit. The listeners won't ever know whether you're circumcised or not. We're going to leave that a Mutant Musings mystery. That's a Mutant <laughs> Musings mystery of the month. Every month, new Mutant Musings mystery. We don't know what Jonathan got going on downstairs. Do you want to know? You probably don't want to know. No worries, because we ain't telling you. Yeah, so Elixir restores David's heart. And this was explained, I think, I don't think it was explained at all in this story. Otherwise, I would have noted it down or I'd be remembering it now. But it's just that it was so soon after the heart got ripped out that Elixir still had something to work with. Because it's not like Elixir can just fucking dig up a grave and fucking, you know, touch some fucking dead body and reanimate it. Like, it doesn't work like that. It was still, it was still fresh. And, you know, how did Elixir know what to do? He conveniently just got all that medical knowledge from Beast. See, oh. the, see, that, see that foreshadowing come back? Yeah. Well, at least Beast is useful for something. Oh, oh burn. Man. Oh, that hurt. So X-23 attacks Belasco, and he turns her into a pile of bones. Remember that time X-23 died? Remember nope. when he lost Laura? Yeah, yeah. This is where it happens. This is where it happened. Final appearance. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew the first time that I read this that she wasn't, like, for real, for real, dead. Spoilers. But, uh, I mean, I read this not when it originally came out, too, and I knew that she was still in things, so... But but even then, I knew that she wasn't going to die, die, because, <laughs> like, you know, it's X-23. Even at the time, even though she was 
newer, you know, she was still really popular for a new character. I mean, this is like basically almost the amount of time that passed since Kamala Khan came out when when this was taking place is like how long X-23 was around. So what I'm saying is they're not going to kill Kamala Khan. They wouldn't have killed X-23 with being as big of a character as she was. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. But still, it was, it was, I was reading this when it came out, but I don't remember thinking that she was actually dead. But still, it's fucking disturbing to see that Belasco just literally fucking turns her into a pile of bones. Um, but the other kids are staring at Oyana. By the way, I know it's, it's, you know, fucking Dark Child, but it's, it's still Ilyana. And, and she, she got her fucking shit back anyway. And so if I say Ilyana or magic or whatever, we all know who the fuck I'm talking about. So just everybody calm down before you at me. Well, Jonathan, you're the bitch bear. I'm just going to be like, goodbye. Um, so don't do that. Um, don't come at my foreskin. Or do I? All right, anyway. Uh, so they're all staring at her, and she sends Nastier to grab Megan, and Megan literally says, oh, nuts, and starts to run away. And this was amazing. Giant fist flies into the panel and connects with Nastier's head, and it's Nesno. Wham! I loved it. Nastier starts to threaten him, and it's fucking wham again. It's just amazing, but Magic is like, you're trying to fight me? I saved you. But meanwhile, bitch has horns, a large pointy tail, goat legs. She's wearing black bracelets and spiked bracelets from Hot Topic, and that's how you know she's an evil goth chick. When I was a mole rat, I saw girls like her all the fucking time. I was one of those girls. Really? Yeah. Man. I had goat legs. What? What? <laughs> no, um... That doesn't sound very vegan friendly. <laughs> um so the thing with nastier was like a little weird like where did he come from did belasco also wish that nastier was back palling around with Ilyana. yeah but the pals but what i'm saying was he he died too didn't he probably maybe i don't remember i don't remember i never liked him i always thought he was stupid i know primarily because of his name Uh, yeah i I know i'm sorry nastier okay because you're nastier. I get it's it. It's like sinister. I know. Mr. Sinister. I know. God. But what I'm saying is... Get Ily- a fucking thesaurus, Claremont. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What I'm saying is that Ileana was dead, and she's only here now because Belasco. What about nastier? I don't know. It was just... It's just a weird thing that it wasn't explained, so Blasco I just... missed him, too. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Did Belasco miss him? Yeah. Okay. We all missed him. Yeah. Except for all me. All of us. Because I just said, I'm letting you stupid. But all you guys must have missed him. You know what really happened? That's the magic of comic books. All of you guys, the readers, willed him back into existence with your love. Oh. Yeah, see? In the meantime, Belasco is kicking the shit out of Dust and Mercury. And Surgeon Hellion, here from Trance, and then one finds Amanda Sefton. And so everybody is like, let's go find this plot device. Um, but these panels with Mercury and Dust are fantastic. Belasco is like playing on their fears and shit. Mercury just got like out of being fucking tortured and in like a deep depression because of it. But she looks amazing. All fucking huge and pointy. And there's this panel of like Dust's face surrounded by sand. And she's like, if today is the day I die, then let it be a death that makes Allah proud. And she's just like so fucking badass but so so Ilyana lost her soul sword she don't know where it is so she needs a new one and she wants to get it from Megan Match and Wolf Cub are about to go after her and Ilyana like puts up these fucking walls to like capture them and they're all surrounded like Ilyana and Megan are just surrounded by these walls holding all the other kids 
you know, Ilyana looks terrifying with these glowing eyes and the smile. And Megan agrees. And Ilyana is like, try not to scream. And of course, Megan screams. And like, the story has been perfectly paced so far. The action, the dialogue, switching back and forth. The stakes feel very fucking real. So it actually feels suspenseful. And it actually feels plausible that some of these kids can and will die. Uh, not just because of like, rock slide exploding and anal's arm cut off even though i think it was this issue where he mentioned that it didn't hurt and mercury and dust are taking a beating pixie is like literally the most innocent and frightened so of course like the horror movie monster is going to go after her but like things are really fucking bad for everybody right now and it's just again it's just really well put together it makes you like want more of it yeah and i loved mercury so much yeah and i don't think we have seen her at all since this series has ended that she's so she hasn't starred or co-starred like she sort of did in this series since then i don't think she's had appearances uh sparse appearances over the years the last time she showed up was recently as um, a very, very minor character in The Amazing Nightcrawler. You remember that love club where, like, all the people were, they wore masks? Yeah. Um, she uh, guided Kurt into that love club. She was, like, in a seedy back alley or something like that. That was Mercury. Wow, okay, great. I know, right? Yeah, let's, uh, let's Sm- see listen, more Mercury. Like, was... come on. <laughs> no, I-, I agree. I agree. I hope she shows up somewhere going forward, but we'll see. But, yeah, she's absolutely badass. Like, at least Dust has appeared in other places, like Champions and stuff. I mean, she's she's been seen more, but still, like, we hardly see these characters, like, at all. Except for, you know, like, Wolverine and the X-Men and Spider-Man and the X-Men were the latest times we've seen the kids, and not even all of them, mainly just, you know, Anole, Rockslide, Blob... Yeah, Anal and Rockslide have really gotten um, a, dec- a decent amount of play over the years. I feel like it's slowed down a bit recently. Glob has gotten a lot, and that's primarily because of Ed Brisson's love for Glob. But also, I mean, you had Generation X focus on the kids, but not these yeah. kids. Not necessarily these kids. Which does kind of stink. Uh, I would love a new X-Men Volume 3. Put these fucking characters back in it. These same characters. Get Craig Kyle and Chris Yost and Scott Young to do it again. Just fucking just pick up where you left off. This was... This is one of my favorite series ever, like right Same. next to like New Mutants Volume 1. And even before this this fucking um, creative team took over, I, I legitimately love this fucking volume from beginning to end. But anyway, uh, New X-Men number 40 opens up with Surge zapping Amanda Sefton awake, and they fill her in on the situation, and Amanda Sefton's just like, they're all gonna die. Just like your, fu- your, the, your friends, they're dead. Your friends are dead. Everybody's going to die. Yeah, so the Surge and Hellion thing is just kind of like a background story while all of this happens in limbo. Yeah. Because they were outside the mansion. Sounds There's... like they're the ones in limbo. Uh, Am I right? Yeah. They they were uh, stuck outside the mansion, so they're not in limbo. So now they're trying to torture Amanda Sefton slash wake <laughs> her up so that she can take them there. So meanwhile, Magic is sucking out Pixie's soul until Anal stops her. It's fucking dope. He's got this huge arm. And Magic wants to use Pixie's soul for a new soul sword. Uh, but Ayana gets mad. And she's about to fuck him up when you see this get get away. And Rockslide is giant lava rock now. And he goes, you get the fuck away from my friends. And Ayana looks terrified. He goes, 
I don't care how hot you are. I'm going to rip those horns off and use them as toothpicks. Your stupid light show isn't doing squat, Dazzler. I, oh, he's so good. Like, almost all of his lines are so fucking quotable. Like, I know he's just, like, the big dumb guy, but he's hilarious. And he is awesome here. Like, because as as awesome as, as Anal is, was he really going to stop Ilyana? I don't think so. But Rockslide is in a position to, even though we don't know how he just did what he did. And yeah, you don't find out these things until later that, you know, Rockslide can reform from, you know, the area around him, the ground around him, and you can cut off a part of Anal and uh, he'll fucking grow back just like some lizards do. Yeah. Yeah. Fun for the family. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma told me about that <laughs> with uh, salamanders when we saw them in Florida. I was like, oh, these are so cute. Are these your pets? And she's like, no, they get in here through, like, the screen door or whatever. Aw. But it was, uh... That sounds cute. Oh, my God, no. There was this really gross time with their Yorkie, and it caught one. And she's like, oh, it will regrow. But it was, like, cut in half, so I don't think it regrows that far. I don't know. But that was really gross. And uh, keep the salamanders away from the dogs. Apparently, they're, like, poisonous to dogs, too. I don't know. That's what she told me. I didn't fact check that. And you want to go to Florida yeah. and have dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Smartest decision. <laughs> smartest decision. Great. Great. Let's do it. Well, we won't Let's have go, like a pack up and screen go right room. Like what? A, like a sound room, you know, with the screens. <clears throat> we'll have like a, a, you know, like regular doors. Okay. Okay. No windows. No windows. Let's have no windows and no doors. Um. So while Rockslide is threatening Dark Child, Megan has a cute little knife now. It's really cute. And she got these It's little, a little dagger. It's and so got, tiny. And she got little black streaks in her hair. And but this was creepy as fuck, you know? I mean Rockslide slammed Ilyana into the fucking rock a couple of times and she's like talking and at this one point she stops and is like, Where's Kitty? Where's Danny and Sam? Where's my brother? But first she asked for Kitty. So <laughs> she So asked for that Kitty Yana confirmed. She asked for that pussy. And meanwhile, Elixir tried to kill Belasco, and that's dope, but it didn't work. But Magic says that Megan can get us to Belasco now. There is a hole in her soul filled with black magic, and Megan is like, you turned me evil, you bitch. And so Magic is going to teach Megan how to teleport. So that's where that leaves off. And then Belasco starts bringing Laura back. Like, you see the bones come up, then you see the muscles go over, then he rips her apart and kills her all over again. But honestly, this was, you know, the penultimate issue. This is really where the story with Belasco just torturing these kids just started to drag. Up until this point, it was like okay, but it, it was. It, I feel like they needed to do something more to make this interesting because just bringing Laura back to kill her again and it just kept being this repeated line of "You're lying. I can smell her." And then he hurts a student. Where is she? I don't know her. You're lying. I can smell her. Like it was just ugh, like they could have done something else. That's one of, like, one of my only small gripes about this is that this is where that little thing started to drag. Yeah, no, I agree. And I actually forgot that Pixie couldn't actually originally teleport. Um, and what? that Yeah, and that was something that she had to learn. But it was really cute watching her try, and she was, like, she was messing up, and Magic was like, you shouldn't even need to say the words. You should be able to just <laughs> do it. And I was like, yeah, remember when you had to throw your stepping discs and, you know, it, you couldn't control when you came out and where you were going and stuff? Yeah, remember? Like and it was like a week before you, like, 
had to walk through limbo to actually teleport. Yeah, it was like years. She was like walking through a fucking desert. She had to suffer to like learn how to fucking do anything in her mini series. But um but anyway, she had to learn all that shit and she had to suffer. She had to suffer through it. But yet she's here giving, you know, Pixie a fucking hard time. And Pixie is so good. Even with the dagger and the fucking black streaks in her hair, she is so good. So Hellion and Serge are with the fucking um, Alexander Lexington, the Sentinel guy, and they arrive in Limbo. They fuck up some demons, but they can't do anything to Belasco either. But then all of a sudden, you know, Ilyana shows up with all the other kids, and Rockslide is like, all right, which one of you trumps is Belasco? And so, you know, it's it's great. There's more fighting. There's a couple of, like, really great pages where everybody is, you know, fighting with the demons or going at Belasco. And, uh... One of my favorite parts, again, something that's always stuck with me from this story, is when the helmets are off the cuckoos. They're so creepy. All looking, well, duh, of course, they're all looking exactly the same, but they look terrifying. Your helmets, we didn't like them. And then they fucking get into his head and start, you know, just probing his fucking history. And honestly, he sounded like a fucking pedophile. Because, yeah, when she first went into Limbo, she was like six or seven. And she came out at, what, like 14, 15, something like that? But Belasco, who is not a young dude, you wanted her body and soul. You tried to recreate her, and David figures out that he loves her. That is creepy as fuck. Like, alright, I get it. If somebody, if somebody in all of existence anywhere is going to be a creepy fucking pedophile... It's probably going to be the devil, but still, that was just weird. Yeah, that that <laughs> was really uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I, I didn't like that. I thought that was disgusting. I'm Jeez. really glad that he got his ass kicked over that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because if they didn't kick his ass, Punisher was going to come down here and <laughs> beat the shit out of him. Ah, absolutely. But, you know, Ilyana tells Megan if she doesn't take down Belasco, all of her friends are going to die. And this one drawing of her where her face is complete shadow except red glowy eyes is amazing. And then, you know, Pixie, she she doesn't summon... Like, this is great. Like, Pixie has a much longer journey after this. And even now, she's kind of in obscurity, which is upsetting. But she did become a great fucking character. But even here, she summons the courage to go stab Belasco in the back. But it's not like this big fucking brave moment for pixie she's terrified she just kind of like creeps up behind belasco and looks like Lich, like as she stabs and leaves the little dagger in his back so i thought that was really interesting you know that she's still terrified and uncomfortable with what she's sort of being forced to do you see it's so like typical with all these like heroic stories like the underdog comes up and like you know, wins in the end because of bravery and courage. And sure, Megan had a little bit of that, but she was also a fucking young girl and terrified. And I thought it was interesting that they decided to leave it that way. Yeah, and do you remember in her first appearance how she looked? She, she had was a, so cute. She had a helmet. She had a helmet. I know. It was dangerous. It was dangerous. <laughs> and now she's stabbing the <laughs> devil in his back. <laughs> it's very tidy of her. Uh, <gasps> but yeah, so Belasco disappears, and, you know, magic is fucking pushing Megan. She wants more power. She's the ruler of Limbo now. All the fucking demons are bowing to her. She wants to fill up that bloodstone. And uh, Anal is like, don't do this, Ilyana. And she goes, do not call me that name. My name is, and then from off panel, Snowflake? And it's just... 
fucking perfect timing. Her brother shows up. And? And, <laughs> and Kitty is there. Yeah. And Kitty goes, uh, she goes, Piotr, be careful. Because Kitty knows that is not the pussy that she remembers. <laughs> <laughs> But- so then Ileana gets embarrassed about her goat legs and sends everybody away. <laughs> oh, oh, she man. forces everybody out of limbo. Fucking body shaming with you today. <laughs> and then um, the X-Men were trying to go back to limbo and Amanda Sefton said that Ileana locked it off to her, basically. And she's the only one who can go there or back. So that was great timing for the X-Men. But Like I said, they always show up right in the nick of time. They were just listen. kind of like how the Avengers show up anytime uh, mutant lives are being endangered. Wait, that's a lie. They what? don't do that. <laughs> listen, the X-Men deserve a vacation every once in a while. They're allowed to take a vacation in Australia, Patty. <laughs> Fucking stop Australia shaming. <laughs> no, but but yeah, I mean, this story continued... I think it was like the next year in X and Furnace because Colossus was just fucking constantly on Cyclops' dick about getting his sister back. Uh, and so they, they did. No, but, they, you know, they, the mansion is back to normal. Like, nothing ever fucking happened. <laughs> Anal is like, my new arm itches. And Pixie is like, my soul itches. And Rockslide said that he talked to Scott so Anal and Pixie can join the new X-Men and, and be in training. And so that's fucking great. This story was just, it was so good. Again, the pacing of it, except for that one gripe that I had, was so good. It showed off more of the students. It showed them in like this really scary, intense situation. And showing some of them step up, it showed some of them rightfully fucking terrified. And so, I, I, I don't know. It was just the art was almost universally fucking amazing. It was just, it was absolutely wonderful. And it started to to put a couple of these students who were just sort of background characters on this path for to be a little bit bigger. You know, none of them ever made it to sort of like A-list X-Men. Except X-23. Except X-23, sure. But this started off the friendship between Anal and Rockslide. So you started seeing Anal get more play. I mean, fuck, after this, Pixie had like two of her own fucking miniseries and fucking took down Empath by herself by stabbing that little motherfucker right between the eyes. That was amazing. This pixie in this story wouldn't have been able to do that. So there was a lot of growth between this story and when that happened. Yeah, you a few just years have later. to lose part of yourself, <laughs> and then you can be a badass <laughs> and stab people right between the eyes. Good. <laughs> yeah. So it was just it, it was it was fucking awesome. I do want to say this, though, because I know I'm going to hear it from somebody again about the pronunciation of anal. We we have checked. There are apparently different ways to pronounce it, so... And we don't give a fuck. And we don't give a fuck. That's right. I'll pronounce it hanol. Hanole, if I'd like to, or I'll pronounce it anal. Good for you. Thanks. Give us the, the takeaway. Give us the patty takeaway. So this story uh, gave us the return of Ileana, which we've been waiting for for many millennia. She reverted to childhood and then died of the legacy virus. It was like so many fucking years. That deadbeat lady. How dare she? So this was great. We finally got Ileana back for real, for real after this. Pixie's able to teleport now. She's looking great at it, though. TBH. Uh, I don't know if you remember at the beginning of Messiah Complex when shit went really wrong for the X-Men and Pixie had to teleport a huge team out of whatever danger they were in. I just remember some of them got split up and like some of them like hitting snow face first. Oh, yeah. She didn't know what she was doing. You remember that? 
Yeah, but she was a baby. <laughs> she she I should mean... have worn her fucking helmet is what she should have done. The, okay. All the X-Men should have worn their safety helmets is the lesson Megan taught them. Safety dance. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, Nightcrawler has been around since forever and he can't long distance teleport. Yes, so, he can. No, he can't. To a degree. Define long distance, Patty. <laughs> can you teleport? As far as he can, no, but no. he can he can teleport like within eyesight. Like, okay, he can teleport like. Well, not I've... all of us have the luxury of corrective lenses like I'm you just, do. No, he's not a sniper. Okay, I'm just saying <laughs> that you know he can't teleport like a mile away or a kilometer away. You know, I feel like they they have tested his limits before, and he's probably even pulled off a bunch of times, depending on the writer. Seemingly impossible teleporting feats, but I don't even know what the fuck his actual range is off the top of my head. You know, sometimes we do this, and like, my phone's in my pocket. I'm sitting in front of a fucking computer. I could look it up, but I'm tired of saying that I'm lazy, so I'm actually going to look it up. Okay, so, now this is official... Because it comes from the Wikipedia. He has been shown to be able to teleport distances of up to two miles, three kilometers for the rest of the world, under optimal conditions, although this is usually his outer limit, and he he can become severely fatigued. Yeah, we know that. In one case, he teleported somewhere over 50 miles. That's bullshit. But it gives an issue reference. I'll have to look at that. That's Austin's. (laughs) <laughs> that's gotta be Austin's. I feel like that's right after him. Uncanny. 467. Meh, look who it is. It was Claremont. <laughs> so um, now so now it is it is in the X-Men Bible. If if X-Men God himself I willed it so. I call that bullshit. He can't go from his outer limit being three miles to being able to teleport fifty miles. I'm that's... gonna I'm gonna put this in my calendar right now. <sighs> when we are at New York Comic Con next year. I am going. You he are going didn't to call know him that out. because he didn't look it up. But anyway, even if he can teleport, <laughs> listen. Even if he could teleport fifty miles, he can't teleport like from here to Florida or something. You know, that's he, more than fifty miles. That's Patty. what I'm saying. He can't do <laughs> long fit. distance. That's the Patty takeaway. Yeah, I guess that's it. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. What did you think of Quest for Magic? Are you also hoping for more Pixie with a Knife? Join us next week with a regularly scheduled episode and all the Dawn of X talk. And until then... Snowflake was right. Aww.